Change is inevitable, but progress is not. I know that this is a statement that I have said to us before over these last couple of weeks, but it has just not left me as I have considered what progress looks like, what change looks like, what our future looks like as Anthem, what is taking place within each one of us individually, even as John spoke last week about societal trauma and individual trauma. Uh, Just by the way, didn't you think it was an outstanding message Uh, I thought it was so helpful just to recognize and be able to respond to trauma, both societal and individual. If you didn't uh, listen up last week, I really do encourage you to listen to that message. But uh, just as we look at this subject today, change being being inevitable, progress is not inevitable, uh, I want to encourage us to engage in what God says. And we're talking around what it means to be a good neighbor uh, in particular today. Uh, I'm Richard. For those that are tuning in for the first time and maybe don't know me, I look forward in the weeks and months and years to come to get to know you, depending on when we're able to get together, because I know you're longing to do it as I am longing to do it. Uh, But until then, we trust God and just for his mercies new every day that we can keep uh, being able to worship like this, keep encouraging one another over online streams and systems. And so uh, we just do what we can do uh, as we continue to persevere in the things that God has called us to. With change being inevitable, we know that uh, this is the environment we find ourselves in. COVID-19, lockdown, change has been impressed upon us. But it does not mean that as a society we are progressing or even as individuals we are progressing. Just by virtue of the fact that we wake up to another day doesn't mean that we have progressed forward. It just means the day has changed. And uh, we need to take responsibility for what it is to keep moving forward, to keep following Jesus, to keep becoming like him. Uh, What it means as Anthem to keep developing into the part of the bride that Jesus has designed us to be. For us as a nation to keep being the nation that Jesus desires us to be. We need to keep progressing forward as we allow the Spirit of God to get into our hearts, into our minds and transform us. Uh, We know the reality is that so many people are inward looking and self-focused. We can point fingers at government. We can point fingers at institutions. Uh, We love to point fingers. Uh, What we don't love to do is point that finger inward towards us because we know that progress actually starts when we start to change from the inside out. When we start to give consideration to others as we give consideration to ourselves. And uh, it is on this topic, the good neighbor, that we're going to talk. And so would you turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Let's read together. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. I would love to get that uh, reply from Jesus uh, to an answer to his question. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. 
So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. As we read this scripture and we allow Jesus' words to get into us today, that is my prayer for all of us as it has gotten into me uh, over the past week as I've been sitting on this word. Uh, I've wanted to bring it to us because, yeah, we've been following this apprentice series through the year. Uh, I, I preached a couple of weeks back for a few weeks on what it means to build a life in Christ, what that looks like. And so we, we're on this journey as a people to follow Jesus and to become like him and to do the things that Jesus did. And so when Jesus says, go and do likewise, we want to give attention to what that is. And so there are a couple of things that come out of this passage, which I think we can learn from today. So clearly the first two men that just saw the Samaritan and uh, that, that saw the injured man and, and walked past, uh, th those are people that I'm not going to give too much attention to. We know from the text that we are not to be like those. But we are to be like the Samaritan man. And uh, there were a couple of things that he did, which I want to bring to our attention at a time like this. What it means to be a good neighbor. What it means to progress in our own following of Jesus and in humanity as we go. So the first thing we see is that the Samaritan tended to the injured man's wounds. The second thing we see is after tending to his wounds, he put him on his donkey. And then the third thing we see is he paid for the inn. And so I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about each of these three things and then how we can progress forward. Uh, we know that compassion fatigue is something that is very real. We get it in the donor space within Domino Foundation. We've experienced it. We get tired of looking after people. We get tired of compassion. And so I want to uh, end today with just some practical pointers on how we can keep ourselves fresh, how we can keep ourselves being compassionate, how we can walk in the mercies every day, new every day from God, and therefore we can be merciful every day. But the first thing we see here is the Samaritan tended to the man's wounds. And uh, this just means three things to me, uh, by no means exhaustive. But the first thing it means is getting down to the man. The second thing it means is, is getting dirty as he tended to the wounds. And the third thing that it means to me is that the Samaritan man was delayed on his journey. And so as we, as we quickly look at this, what it means to get down to the level of the injured man, I, I think far too often what we expect is those that are possibly more healthy or whole than those that are injured or broken is we say, well, come to me and then I will help you. But that person has no means to be able to get to you. In this scenario, the man was stripped and beaten and lying on the floor. He was injured. He was bleeding. He was unable to get to the Samaritan. So unless the Samaritan 
was able to come to him and get down onto his level, there was no ways that uh, the injured man was going to be able to receive help. It, it had to be that the Samaritan went toward him. We have preached in the past that blood flows towards the pain. Jesus runs towards the pain and therefore as followers of Jesus, we are to run towards the pain. And so what does it look like to be a good neighbor? Well, it means to tend to the wounds of those that are injured at this time. And that means that we've got to get down to them. We've got to go to them. And so if you are injured at this time, let us know so that we can come to you. We we don't want to walk by you. We want to come to you. The second thing is, Uh, in terms of tending to the wounds, is it means getting dirty. The Samaritan would have had to touch this injured and broken man that had been left on the side of a dirt road, probably bleeding, and now the blood was mixed in with with dirt, and it had become, uh, I want to say muddy, but that would be water and dirt, but blood and dirt, and and now tending to him and putting oil on him and bandaging him, it, it would require dirty hands. Are we prepared to get dirty? You see, change is inevitable, but progress isn't. Are we more compassionate today than we were yesterday? Will we, after hearing this word, allow the Spirit of God to get into us? And will tomorrow we be more compassionate than we were today? It means getting dirty. Uh, I know as a parent, I don't think much. When when one of my kids falls and they start bleeding at the knee or whatever, I I don't think much of giving them attention. And if blood gets on my hands, it's okay. It it kind of feels like, well, they're my own flesh and blood. I'm, I'm happy to help there. Likewise, our Father in heaven, uh, we are his creation. So he wants to give, uh, he wants to tend to us. And then he calls us to join in on that story. And so uh, I suppose the, what Jesus is teaching us through this passage of the Good Samaritan is, could our compassion grow to beyond what we see as our own blood, flesh and blood? Could, could the ease with which we tend to our own children be also the ease to which we tend to those that aren't our own? but still need care and binding up and getting our hands dirty. And the third thing, just within tending the wounds, was the Samaritan man would have been delayed in his journey. He was going somewhere, but he stopped and he gave attention to this man and put him on the donkey and walked him to an inn. And it says, and the next day when he left, he paid and said, I will come back. And so he took a whole night out of his journey to tend to this man. I remember in the early days of leading church, I I read a book by uh, Dr. Hans Finsel, who was the CEO of World Vision, the biggest nonprofit at the time. I don't know if it still is, and this is many years ago. And he said that the 10 mistakes, that the 10 top mistakes leaders make, and uh, one of the things that he said is, is is this, that people are not interruptions. People are not interruptions. He had to learn that. That uh, your work as a, as a leader is people. And therefore, we all take leadership in Christ to help others. As, we are, as our attention turns to others, we become that leadership mold. And so people aren't interruptions. The Samaritan man knew this. And so he was quite prepared to, to lose time on his journey in our eyes. But for him, he gained an inheritance in the eternal kingdom. He, he gave people, the, the, this injured, broken man wasn't an interruption for him. He somehow managed to put things in the right order. And I want to encourage us today. So as the Samaritan tended to the wounds of this man, it meant he went to him. He got, he got down to this man's level, to the brokenness, not expecting the broken man to come up to his level. 
It means he got dirty. He got his hands uh, tied up in the blood and the sweat and the tears and the dirt and the, in, the, in the pain of the situation. And it means he was prepared to be delayed because he had the view that people weren't interruptions, but people were the very thing that he breathed life for or that he was given breath for. Then the second thing we see is he put this broken a man that he attended to and put oil on onto a donkey, onto his vehicle. And so I want to ask us this question, just what it means to be a good neighbor is what vehicles do you have access to in order to put the broken onto, to carry them to the end, to carry them to their next step in their journey? See, we all have something in our hands. We all have a vehicle. And it may be practically a car that we take someone to hospital. It may be a bank account with money in it. It may be uh, the ability to feed. Maybe you're an outstanding cook. It may be uh, that you have wisdom from the scriptures that you can teach. Uh, we, we all have, and uh, again, I don't want to in any way say that these, these are the definitive things or the, the most helpful things. I'm just throwing them out there. But we need to know that we've got vehicles in our hands. We've got tools in our hands that can help the broken get well and onto their journey. And so I love the fact that the Samaritan lifted the man onto his donkey. And when I say love it, I love it because it's a great teaching and it's something I can take hold of. I don't love it because it confronts the selfish nature within me, which I have to keep laying down and submitting to God. And then the third thing is the Samaritan paid for the inn. He paid for the inn. What a remarkable story. Here we've got this man who's going on a journey. He delays himself. He gets dirty. He then steps off of his donkey to put the broken man on his donkey. So he was inconvenienced in that sense to allow the other to, the, to get onto the vehicle. And then he goes to the inn and pays for the inn. He paid the price. It wasn't just advice. It wasn't just, uh, well, bless you, my friend, and I will pray that the God of heaven will look after you. He recognized that the God of heaven uses human hands to help one another. And, uh, and he paid for the inn. And so uh, this was a man of, in, in this particular story, he had the advantage. He had the privilege. And I never want us to get tired of hearing this language of privilege. Uh, and I'm not talking white privilege in this context. I'm just talking we all have a vehicle and we all have some privilege, whether it is cultural, whether it is language, whether it is skin color, whether it is we've we got to be able to confront these things. But we all have a degree of privilege and we all have a degree of disadvantage. And those that are privileged need to be able to help those that are disadvantaged in no matter what area of life that may be. And so just to be clear, there are some areas in life where I am privileged and I can help those that do not carry the same privilege as me. But those very people may carry a privilege that I don't, where I'm disadvantaged and therefore they need to help me, i.e. I do not speak Zulu. And so a Zulu man, when we walk into a Zulu context or into a Zulu cultural meeting, he is the one in privilege where I'm not, but he can help me. Whereas if we're walking into uh, an English-speaking context, I'm the one with privilege and able to help in, in that. And so we're able to partner with each other. And, uh, but just this thing of paying for the in. I, I wonder how you would use your privilege or your power to help those that are broken. You see, again, too often what we do is we, we want to, uh, if we're in the means to throw money at something, we will we'll give money and we'll make money available. But the person has, we'll say, well, if you can get to the inn, there, there we go, get to the inn and I'll pay for it. But the man is broken, lying on the side of the road. We have, uh, we have broken systems in our nation. We have, we have uh, historic 
historic breaks, systemic issues that are still working themselves out in our land. We can't just say, well, money will fix it. No, progress starts within the heart where we're able to give attention. We're able to get down into the dirt and take the time to do that. We're able to use our vehicles to help one another. We're able to use our privilege and our advantage to help one another as we pay for one another. And so with this, we want to be a people that make a difference. I love this statement from Craig Rochelle. He says, we can make excuses or we can make a difference, but we can't make both. And just as uh, I spoke two weeks ago at the Live Connect before the service, some of you uh, weren't a part of that. Just as we've been processing Cornubia, I've gone over the last six years and the words of God to us as he started with the reimagined community, what that could look like. And then he led us toward, the theme was toward Durban and toward reconciliation. So even five years ago, this has been a word that Jesus has been using to us as this part of his bride in Durban. And then four years ago, he renamed us and we spoke about households of salvation. And we were given the name Anthem uh, as, as, a, as a sign across the city and a sign across the nation that this community would be an anthem of praise for his glory. And then we looked at greater three years ago that he is greater and there's greater things to come and greater things to be done. And then we looked at go uh, two years ago, last year, uh, 18 months ago, going with his presence, going with his authority, going with his message. And then this year, earlier this year, we looked at what it, uh, now we're on this journey, renew in wisdom, insight and understanding, renewing our minds. And so God has got us on this journey and we have such great news. Wasn't it great news uh, just uh, before the sermon as, uh, as I got to share about Cornubia? Just really, really good news that God's got us on this journey and things are progressing, but we, we need to progress with the progression. Things are changing. Does it mean progression for us? And so uh, I was encouraged from Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, as I've been seeking God over the last week. And he says this, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? And uh, I have every confidence in what God is doing, that he has spoken to us. He's got us on a journey. We get to be a part of it. But we need to internally let, let our hearts be stewarded by the Spirit of God that we may progress with him. And so my landing point for us is we, we try to say, okay, Rich, I get that, but I get tired. There's so much poverty around. There's so much brokenness around. Yes, there is. I know that. And we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord day in and day out. And I love this in Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love this, friends. It means our leaves do not wither. If we are planted in the house of the Lord, if we are planted by streams of life. I, I don't know about you. It's winter now. and There's certain trees that have lost their greenery. Uh, they've lost their leaves. And sometimes it feels like our Christian lives, our following Jesus can look like that. We have moments of summer. And we, we're thriving and we're shining. And then we, get, we have moment of winter and we kind of go like, oh, 
woe is me. I don't, I don't even know. There's, there's nothing going on in my life. Is Jesus even real? Is God, is God with me? Uh, but the psalm says, actually, when we meditate on his law, we can be like the evergreen. We can always have leaves. Yes, there's seasons of fruitfulness, but we can always have life. We can always show that God is with us as we meditate on his law day and night. And so I want to encourage you. There is a way of staying fresh, of staying alive, not feeling like we have summers and winters where we, we don't know if we're with God or uh, is God present or isn't he present? Is he present in this COVID-19 or isn't he? He is at work, friends, and he is doing a work on us as humanity. And we get to lead the way as Anthem, uh, along with other churches uh, globally as we follow Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to stay alive, to keep pressing in to Jesus. Keep pressing in to the Lord. Let's, let's take hold of this word of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, who was a good neighbor, who was able to go down to, who was able to tend to the broken he was able to get off his donkey and use his vehicle to allow the broken to get to a place of restoration and help. And then not only did he drop him off at the place of restoration and help, but he paid for the restoration and help. And so, friends, we want to be good neighbors at this time. We know that they are broken and hurting, and yet there are some of us that are able to go and give attention to that. We're going to do that. We're going to use our vehicles. We're going to pay the price. Why? Because Jesus has done it for us. And uh, maybe you are watching this and you have not yet given your life to Jesus. Friends, I want to tell you that Jesus came to be with you in your brokenness. He came to pay the price. He came to give his body. It was his vehicle that he could give. It was his body that paid the price of our sins, that, that paid the penalty of our sins. And then he paid it he, he, his, by giving his body, by giving of his own blood. We are able to walk free. And so our own, your very own brokenness was tended to by Jesus. And because of that, we're able to walk and take hold of this and say, we will do likewise. But if you haven't given yourself to Jesus, if you have not yet trusted in him, I want to encourage you to do that today. And if you are watching this live on anthemchurch.tv, there is a button that's coming up now which just says, I commit my life to Christ. I made a decision today. Would you just click that button so that we can know that you've made a decision? Because we want to celebrate with you. We want to applaud you. We want to help you take your next step. And so please email us at info at anthem.org.za, info at anthem.org.za, so that we can get hold of you and help you to take on this glorious life that Jesus offers, these green leaves that never wither as we walk in the life of God. The very being of Anthem is that we would lead each other to life. We would lead people to life. We have life to give because Jesus has given us life. Friends, I want to thank you for being with us today. I want to bless you. I want to pray the Lord's blessing over you as, as I do on a daily basis. I want to thank you for continuing to press into community because in community we have strength. We're able to help one another. We're able to partner in the gospel. And so bless you. Have a great week coming up and allow the Spirit of God to help you be a good neighbor this week.